bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. again everyone and thanks for joining us once again for the brightest and the best rugby league podcast knocking around yes it's the betfred sponsored eddie and steve-o the podcast it's always great to have you all along let's say hello straight away to steve-o once again but uh, steve-o we're joining you for the third week in a row to reflect on yet more sad news from the great game week one we talked about the great aussie johnny raper last week we said farewell to another Hull's gentleman, Johnny Whiteley, MBE. And this week, so sorry to report that another legend has passed away, Vyinga Twigamala. Inga the winger, he's gone at the tender age of 52. Now, how sad is this? It certainly is, Eddie. I mean, okay, the other two greats that you've mentioned, uh, they had a full life. But to pass away at the age of 52 is certainly a shock to everybody. Inga, the winger, was sensational. How on earth Wigan approached him to bring him away from Rugby Union, and it really was an exclusive signing. He was unbelievable. The strength of the man and the speed that he had. Rest in peace. Very much so. I mean, he scored 62 tries in 102 games uh, for Wigan between 1994 and 1997 only three years in the game Steve but as you say a legend it was one of the biggest transfer coups in rugby league history Morris Lindsay who I think I'm right in saying was at the helm at Wigan at the time I mean it was another fantastic signing wasn't it certainly was look he was the man that actually changed the life in regards for you and I through the signing of the television contract with Sky Television he was the man behind that and we all know that Wigan had such a successful, what, nine or ten years where they just virtually won everything. And it just shows you that this man knew what he was doing. And as you say, what a wonderful signing. And the amazing thing is, Eddie, you look back at the tries that he scored, it wasn't as though they were breakaways. It just, like, shoved and knocked people out of the way as though you were at a bowling alley. He was so <laughs> big and strong. Absolutely. And look, anybody who's never seen him, look how this man scored his tries. He was unbelievable. The build of him. He was an absolute battleship. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. He really yeah. was. And, and I remember we were at his debut. It was at Witness in February 1994. He scored, he scored a, a try on his debut in a Wigan's 27-12 victory. I couldn't understand why Wigan 
gave him his debut at Widnes. Widnes must have been rubbing their hands because they cashed in. There was a massive crowd there to see him, and and what a performance from him on his opening on his opening day. Yeah, it it confused me at the time, Eddie. But I think that there was so much publicity about this man coming from rugby union that I think everybody wanted to see him. Okay, they missed perhaps getting a, a bumper crowd at Wigan, but uh, as you say, it was, at Witness, it was it was a night to remember. Uh, everyone was in shock. How are they going to stop this man? That's how good he was. I know. Three league titles, a couple of Challenge Cups, a couple of Regal Trophies, a Premiership Final and the, the Charity Shield as well. Everyone's talking about Inga the Winger as being a, a wonderful man, not only on the field but off it. And, and I noticed a, a great quote from Jason Robinson. Uh, Jason Robinson, on the news of uh, Inga's death, he, he, he said this. He said, I'm absolutely heartbroken. I owe so much to this amazing man. He literally helped change my life when he came to Wigan from New Zealand. And he sends his love and condolences to all the family. I mean, that, that was the thing. He, he wasn't just a great player. He was a fantastic human being. He certainly was. And uh, at that time, when Robinson was going through a very bad period in his career, and it was Inga that pulled him to one side and became a father figure for him and changed his life. Not only changed his life, but as we know, Robinson went on to great success in rugby league, but also went on to win the World Cup in rugby union in the England colours. Inga was not just a giant on the field, he was a giant off it as well. And will be forever remembered uh, by the great game. OK, uh, such sad news to start off this week's podcast but now we come on to the controversy Steve. here we go referees and the disciplinary committee in the spotlight Steve McNamara the Catalan coach he's come out and said he'd like an amnesty on appeals procedure after a raft of red and yellow cards in the first three weeks of the competition Josh Griffin wants players to be involved in rule changes in the future uh, surprisingly enough, Lee Radford has come out in support of the Rugby Football League and the Disciplinary Committee, though, on the other hand. So, referees and the Disciplinary Committee, as I say, under the spotlight again. At the start of this year's podcast, you were calling for 10 game bans for people who had transgressed with the head-high tackles. A lot of the coaches are blaming the referees. Why don't they just pull the certain players who have been suspended, pull them to one side and say, listen, you are going to lose as games by doing what you've done and the referee sends you off. Or the disciplinary committee has said you're out for three, four, five matches. Now, as far as I'm concerned, we've discussed it so many times. These coaches, why don't you ring up some of the families where they know a former rugby league player is suffering from Alzheimer's, dementia. And you ask them, saying, oh, I hope the referees change. No, don't change referees. Stick to it all the way through the season. They've got to do it. You can't just bring it on and change it. It's as simple as that. We have to protect our players. Well, we do. And the fact of the matter is the referees have started strongly. And we have seen in the past there's a, a, a big push. Players are sent off, players are yellow carded. Then five or six weeks in, it all eases off and they turn a blind eye. 
if it's going to be stamped out and they've got to be consistent they've got to be because there's so much publicity look 10 years ago it wasn't even mentioned look it's been brought to the forefront now you can't change it they've got to get it all the coaches and all the players have got to get together and say listen forget about these idiots that say bring back the bash as I said before ring one of these families where their father or their uncle or whatever is dying from this disease because he perhaps got hit very very heavily whilst he was playing the game of rugby league let's get some common sense in this well six more players have already received bans from last weekend's games uh, already as I say Therimo and Watts banned for two and one game respectively Michael McAlorum has got a one match ban as do the Salford duo Dan Sargentson and Ryan Briley and St Helens new boy Curtis Sirenen he's got a one match ban uh, too uh, I think I think the disciplinary people are heeding your view. They've got to, Eddie, because it's the only way that we can save our game. We've got to inject some positivity in regards to families so that young kids, male, female, can play our great game of rugby league. And it is a great game. And we should make it and continue making it a great game. And I know there's a, there's a certain amount where perhaps... It was an accident or you 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 fall into the ground. We understand that. I can understand the referee being a little bit not as harsh in sort of situations like that. But a proper head eye, swinging, bang, you're gone. Simple. We have to save our game. Look, without youngsters playing our game, we don't have a game in 20 years' time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, let's look at the game as it's being played now. Uh, Luke Gale, we talk about bans. Uh, Luke Gale's five-match ban isn't helping the Leeds Rhinos at the moment. And Ian Proctor has come up with yet another gem. No team, <laughs> no team having lost the first three matches in the season has ever got to Old Trafford uh, before. So he's not actually saying that Leeds are finished and done and dusted because they've, they've got to Old Trafford twice having finished fifth in the table so they know the history is bunked to the Rhinos but Leeds, Stebo, are going through the horrors they certainly are they're under pressure and their coach Richard Agar is also feeling the pressure but let's be a little bit more real realistic they've lost three games to Wigan, Warrington, Catalan now they are probably the three top teams at the side of St. Helens. So there's a lot to be come by. Look, I was there at Headingley for that game against Catalans. I believe, Catalans. So. I believe I was. so. Barry, Ma Barry Mack said on the telly and he was drinking some classy red and white wine. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Neither can I. <laughs> it would, uh, and, uh, nearly, uh, I can't believe that. That uh, Look, it was champagne all the way. I was in, I was in, a, I was in a private box um, a friend of mine, his nickname's PP, and he he laid down everything for us. Champagne, oh, it was fantastic. What wasn't fantastic was the way that the Leeds Rhinos, they bombed at least four or five tries. And in the end, you've got to give full credit to Catalan. Their defence kept them out. But the the amount of times that Leeds, when the line was open on three occasions, and they just dropped the ball. It could have all been very, very good for Richard Agar. At the moment, he's under pressure. But you've got to look at the fact, the three teams that they've lost to, it wouldn't surprise you, would it? 
No, three of the, the top teams, as you say, from uh, 2021. Uh, look, the, the city of Leeds is in something of a slump at the minute because Marcelo Bielsa sacked at Leeds United. He conceded, or his team did, 10 goals in their last two games last week. I just wonder, is Richard Agar under any such pressure yet? Because David Ferner, who he replaced, won five from 14. He got the boot in May 2019. I just wonder whether Richard, and you know him better than anybody, is he is he feeling the pinch at the minute? Is he feeling the pressure? No. He's been there before. He's been at certain clubs. He knows what it's all about. I keep saying, the Leeds United, they were playing top sides. And Richard Agar's side was also playing top sides. Now, if it was playing the bottom sides, losing to Toulouse perhaps, then there may be a question against him. Because they wouldn't want to lose, especially at home, to a team like Toulouse, who it's quite obvious now are going to finish at the bottom of the table. There's no chance in the world that they can escape relegation. It's sad, but that's how it is as far as I'm concerned. So you've got to be a little bit realistic about it. And I would be very surprised if the Rhinos turned around and said, Agar, if you don't win the next two, you're gone. That's not how to do it. As you mentioned, they won at Wembley. Simple. Yeah, they did. That's not too long ago. But the, the Leeds halfback, Steve-O, this much vaunted uh, pairing of, of Blake Austin and Caesar, they're not gelling, are they? They, they, are, they are supposed to be the two who will guide Leeds to more glory in, in 2022. It, it, it's, it's not happening for them, and it's not helping. No, and uh, I, I just get the impressions that um, both of them play exceptionally well for the opening 15 minutes, and then for some unknown reason, they're just not seen on the park. Look, these are the guys that are making the link. These are the guys that make it all happen. We all know that. Now, they brought in at Leeds a man called Long, who was one of the best halfbacks you could ever imagine to see in a rugby league jersey. And I, I just can't see what he can't do and tell these two players what's needed, because it's not happening. It's very early days, isn't it? There's no question of that. Three weeks in, and here we are talking about people losing their jobs and the crisis at Leeds but Leeds' standards are so high and the fact the hang fact on Wigan... hang on hang on hang on don't, well, don't bring don't bring me into this argument you were the person <laughs> that came up with it and said now is Richard Agar the football manager at Leeds United's gone oh that means Richard Agar must be under pressure I didn't mention that you did Yes, I know, but I'm asking the guru of rugby league whether he thinks that Richard Agar is under pressure and the guru of rugby league, i.e. your very good self, has said no, he isn't. But the fact of the matter is that Leeds are naught, they're naught from three. Wigan, three wins in a row now. They beat Huddersfield 23-12 uh, at the weekend. Huddersfield's good start halted. They're fourth in the table now. Defence, defence, defence. That wins games, and it won it for Wigan. Certainly did. And uh, I'm very, very pleased for Wigan because I think Pete has shown himself to be a very, very resilient coach. And he's brought a, a lot more toughness into that defence. And you've said, defence, defence wins your games. It does. It might not be the most attractive in the world, but some of the tries that they've scored, Wigan, have been outstanding. 
They've got a good outfit. They've, they've got it well balanced. And Matty Pete off to a, a flying start. He praised his defence, as we say. Uh, the Giants, a lot of uh, possession. They couldn't capitalise much on it, though. And Ian Watson has bemoaned the Huddersfield Giants' lack of resilience in this game. Uh, to be fair, it was a real test of Huddersfield's early start to the season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But, you know, to go to, go to Wigan and uh, lose by only 10 points... Uh, isn't something that I would be digging deep into saying, you know, where are we all going wrong? I mean, as I said, 10 points. You know, to score 12 points at Wigan and their own ground. Uh, listen, Huddersfield have started well, and they will be up there when it comes to the end of the season. He's a good coach, and they've got a well-balanced side. They've got, you know, got really good two halfbacks, forwards work hard, and that's all you need. They They will not be in contention for relegation that's for sure Hull Kingston Rovers got off the mark as well they beat Castleford 26-10 on Friday Castleford still waiting therefore for their first win of the season again Steve-O referee on the night under the spotlight Castleford two men in the sin bin for Imo and Watts they played with uh, 11 uh, and that really did take its toll in the end I must I must say I, I thought both sin, sin binnings were a little bit harsh but as we've already heard, the disciplinary committee thought otherwise. Those two players have now been banned for two and one game, respectively. Um, they, do you think the referees have to be a bit careful here, Stevo? You know, after the opening three weeks, I hope they're not making a rod for their own backs. If the clampdown eases, as it has in the past historically, yeah. Well, but, but, you but, know, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've we've said it at the, at the start of this program that they. Sh they cannot change. They've got to have it that way. Now, the Castleford coach, he would have looked at it and said, right, we were down to 11 men. Um, I wonder why that was. It wasn't anything to do with the referee. It was because the two players did the wrong thing. So you can't blame the referees. They were outplayed. Hull Kingston Rovers got into the swing of things. Last season, a lot of people, gave, they gave them no chance even to get anywhere near the playoffs, Hulkings and Rovers. And they play attractive football. They've got some good young players. Very, very good young players. And they've got a little bit of old age and uh, experience out there as well. And they will continue. The Rovers will continue to irritate quite a, quite a few of the teams this year. I like that Mikey Lewis, don't you? Mikey Lewis, Jez Litton, you know... The one thing that I love about rugby league, that as the years go by and turn over, we always get one or two that are really, really top quality young kids coming through. And that Mikey Lewis, I just love watching him play because he's adventurous. A lot of young kids find it very difficult to sort of impose themselves on the field of play because they think I don't want to do too much because you know they might think I'm greedy or whatever just continue Mikey Lewis just keep going throwing those dummies getting that sidestep that's the one beautiful thing about our game is that every now and again we find young kids coming through I wish we had more young kids coming through more and more and in fact talking of which Eddie I just can't believe that there's reports about the Australian NRL. They want to come over now and pinch the likes of Michael Lewis and Price. Yes, they do. Let, let, let's talk about that a little bit later on. 
let's stick with the Super League and stick with Castleford because what a game for Lee Radford this week. Not just in terms of getting a win, but it's whole. It's whole at the jungle on Sunday. What pressure on Lee. He doesn't want to lose this one. No, you're right. And uh, they'll be up for it. But the one thing that he'll have to say, look, there's one thing playing tough. There's another thing in going head high. They can't afford to go through the season having players sent to the sin bin. It's as simple as that. It's an uphill battle anyway. To go to the black and whites is not going to be easy for them. And he knows that. He knows what they need to do. But he's also got to make sure that they have the discipline. Because, you know, to, to give away two penalties, that could be four points. And those four points could ensure that you lose. You can play tough without going head high. Well, you can indeed. And, of course, Hull will be taking on Castleford on the crest of a wave because they got their first win of the season on Saturday. They ended Salford's winning start, 48-16. Jake Connor came back from suspension. Six try assists, I believe. And he got one himself. Quite a return at Jake Connor. Now, you talk about players who are tough. <laughs> Jake Connor is tough. He's solid as a rock. He really is. And he's one of those players that when you get out on the paddock, he talks to you, he irritates you. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Every time he does a tackle... He's always slow to get off the man playing the ball. He's, he's always he's awkward. And that's why I like him, I think, because he's not a dirty player. He's what I call an awkward player. The sort of players that the big stars in our game hate to play against because you know he's going to be there sniffing around you. You, you just sort of think, where is he? Where, where is he? <laughs> uh, and he's that type of player. And I love it. I love him being that way. Yeah, he certainly gets under the skin of the opposition. There's no doubt but about of, that. But of course he does. Uh, uh, you know, there, there are players like that. I mean, Alex Murphy. Alex Murphy in his heyday, he used to absolutely irritate people. I know of players that spent most of the game running after him to give him a <laughs> kick up the backside or, 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 or knock him out. But he was too good. He kept out of the way. He was brilliant. Listen, I do hope that when the World Cup kicks off, I hope that he's in the England team. It's what we need. Uh, and, and he certainly did the trick for Hull at the weekend. So both Hull sides got a win. An inevitable headline on the front page of the League Express this week. Apparently it was a Hull of a weekend. Oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> we've, used, we've used that cliche a few times ourselves uh, over the years, eh? <laughs> yes, I, and I think we can't really comment on that, Eddie, because... No, uh, no, 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 no. I think I think over the years we've come up with far worse than that. <laughs> we, we certainly have. All our cliches are certainly uh, not original, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> but they, they did get the win, and it means that there are now four clubs at the wrong end of the table still seeking their first victory of 2022. Toulouse, we'll talk about them also in a minute, Leeds, Castleford, and Wakefield. Now, unsurprisingly, Wakefield were St. Helens' third victims of the year. Mark Percival, two tries here. But Wakefield apparently had a good go. Uh, 15 very costly minutes in the first half cost them. Uh, Saints scored 16 of their 20 points 
on the night in that time. Too much for Wakefield to claw back. Yeah, and uh, I, I appreciate what the Wakefield side are doing because they're trying to play open play. Um, and why not when you've got such a great winger, Johnson, on, <laughs> outside of you? This guy is, is, is absolutely marvellous. So you've got to give him the opportunities. And it's going to take a while for Wakefield, but they're a little bit like Hulkington Rovers style in as much that they want to show what they can do without three quarters. It's not just barging into it and eating up the first four or five tackles and then kick. It's not a barge and kick game as far as Wakefield are concerned. And I think they'll, they'll, they will irritate, that word again, a few of the top clubs especially playing at home and they're getting praise for what some call their bold approach they're attacking from deep inside their own half at St Helens last weekend and and that's a brave thing to do to be fair you know Willie Poaching new coach again at Wakefield this year um, and we always say it it takes time it takes time for new ideas new coaches to settle in yeah and uh, look it, it, Poaching will be doing exactly what Hulkings and Rovers did last year uh, they they didn't just barge their way into the playoffs they played some really outstanding rugby league football kept the ball alive and that's what that's what poaching wants at Wakefield not only that the Wakefield fans want it you know they they weren't so disappointed when you look at the scoreline St. Helens 20 Wakefield 4 but it was in a, a combined situation of maybe 15 minutes that St. Helens got the majority of their score so they're up there they're certainly up there, Wakefield. They are. They just like the other three around them. They just want to win to get things going. But they didn't get it at St Helens. Inevitably, St Helens stay top of the table. Now Toulouse, we mentioned them, and here we go. Uh, they're bottom, but they have managed to get a replacement in at full back for the departed Mark Carellia. Ollie Ashall Bott, the former witness youngster, he's joined the French club from Huddersfield, and from all accounts. He made quite an impressive home debut, despite only having arrived in Toulouse on Thursday. His coach was full of praise for him, particularly in the second half. He says he doesn't even know the names of the players he's playing with, but he had a yeah. go. Yeah, and look, he's a solid player. He's a proven player as well. Uh, and they are desperate. There's only one word for it. They're desperate to try to get some organisation in their play. You know, they lost Ford, and he, he was the main man. He was, he was the man that just made everything tick. Forwards, coming in short, offside. He could do the link. He could get that. And, you know, I, I think Bott will do exactly the same thing. And, you know, to only arrive there sort of three days before you play the game, it doesn't give you much opportunity to get some organisation out of it. So let's hope that they can improve. But I hate to say it, they'll still finish bottom of the league. I think everyone accepts that. I think people in Toulouse has come to think that they're going to accept that. But who knows? Who knows? I've been I've been wrong many times before, Eddie. No, I can't ever remember that <laughs> at all. But but you, I mean, a little bit like Lee last year. God love them. You know, they're probably they're going to struggle. There's no question about that. They are going to struggle to survive. I yeah. hope they do. I hope they do. But I think the odds are very much stacked against them. I really do. Now then, what's all this about? These NRL clubs 
casting envious eyes on Super League stars. We've mentioned it briefly before to take them to Australia. Allegedly, on the radar, Will Price at Huddersfield, sensational player. Salford trio, uh, St. Helens trio, rather, of Regan Grace, Alex Wormsley and Morgan Knowles. Jake Connor at Hull. Harry Newman at Leeds. Listen, haven't they got enough homegrown talent in Australia without coming over here and raiding the Betfred Super League? Why on earth don't the Aussies just leave us alone? Do you know, I'm surprised, Eddie, that do you believe on everything that's said on radio or on television <laughs> or in the newspapers? You have just done what most people, <laughs> most people ignore. Of course they're interested. Of course they've, they've had so many great players from this, this country. And why not? I mean, I know there was talk about uh, the head of recruitment, um, from the Newcastle Knights, evidently was was at the Wigan game or something yeah, Clint of that Zammett. nature. Yeah, Clint yeah. Zammett was there. He was head of recruitment at Newcastle. He was at Wigan on Thursday, watching and assessing Will Price. Leave him uh, alone. He's and ours. Why, listen, why not? You see, they get it right, don't they? In Australia, they come and have a look at our young players. Whereas in this country, we go to Australia and get the old players. When they pass their best. I'm not saying every player that has come from Aussie has come for, shall we say, retirement money. That would be wrong for me to say that because there's been some very, very good and, should I say, successful Australian players in this that have played in this country. But there's also been quite a few old heads that haven't really shaped up. They haven't come up to the mark of what we expected. So you can't blame the Australians when they hear about the likes of Will Price and Regan Grace. And we all know that, was it two years ago, Alex Wormsley, um, he was high on the list to go to Australia. Thankfully, St. Helens had enough common sense to say, we'll sign him to a long-term contract. Because he was on the verge of saying, I'm going to Aussie. You can't blame Indeed. it. Indeed, Alex Wormsley, Morgan Knowles, long-term contracts. Regan Grace, I'm not sure, but Saints have said, hands off. Hands off our stars and good on them. Right, before we depart, uh, we've already had a bash of, we've moaned, I've moaned about Australia. Any any other Aussie gossip for us, steve Well, the biggest gossip about there is that <laughs> the fans in Australia are criticising the Australian NRL of not being powerful for some of the head-eye tackles. They've said oh, that no. they've, been, they've been too lenient and they're allowing players to get away with infringements and dangerous tackles and only giving them one-game suspensions. So they're on the opposite of what we're trying to do. But at least some of the, the fans out there are saying, well, this is wrong. You know, if someone's been sent off, then they should be disciplined more than just one game. So it's a complete reversal of what we're trying to do out here. Uh, the referees are allowing them to go, and, and the disciplinary committee, they're being extremely lenient. And it's the fans that are complaining now, especially fans from other, from other teams that, uh, that have got away with it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The world has turned upside down. The Aussies are complaining they're too lenient. 
and our lot overzealous. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it that there are two opinions on one side from both sides of the world. Just shows you. Just shows you. And before you go, Eddie, I'd just like to say that what a wonderful tribute it was. We we mentioned about uh, Inga the Winger passing away at the age of 52. Uh, we lost Johnny Whiteley. And, of course, before that, just before that, we lost the great Johnny Raper. And they gave him a full New South Wales state funeral for the immortal Johnny Raper at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And there were thousands there just to watch it. What a great effort for not only a great man, a character in his own right, but one of the best rugby league players in the history of our game. Brilliant. Brilliant. I'm glad they've given him a good send-off. I'm giving you a good send-off now, Steve-O, because we'll see you again in a week's time. Always a pleasure. Always a privilege. You take care of yourself. I'll try my best, Eduardo. 